This week, the obvious question is, can we love everyone? I'm Mike Trevisano, and on this episode, Bob Meyer asks Joe Bertalek and I if our ability to love has limits, and what does it mean to love unconditionally? Are there some people who just plain don't deserve to be loved? I like to choose questions that you know are, are pretty obvious to me, things that are happening in my life at the time, and and uh, it seems like in the last week there's a, a question that it, it seems to be everywhere. There's a sign. It's it's just saying to me, Bob, this is the obvious question of the week, um, and it it's a it's an interesting question because even for myself, I kind of struggle with it. It's one of these four-letter words that is really powerful in the English language. And that word is probably not the word you're thinking of, but it, it's the word love. And my question is, can we love everyone? Yeah, I, I, my quick response is, yeah, of course, you could. Do you? Would you? Do you want to? I don't know. Those are, that's a different shade of it or a different slant on it. But, but what would, first I'd have to think about what does that mean, you know, love, it, you know, that that attraction or that, you know, that caring or you know, define it. And people say there's like multiple types of love, multiple definitions of love. But assume it's the one where you care for people and you, you know, in a platonic way, you know, you have relationship and things are good. I think you can. And I think, and I say you, I mean, I think people have, I think there are examples in the world of people who just have the ability to, to love everyone, to love life, you know, to love everything that comes, they come across. But I'd say not everybody does. Does that mean that not everybody can? I don't know. But uh, for myself, I think I would start off by saying, well, of course you can. Now, I choose not to, or, or do I choose not to? I think I choose. I think I make a choice to say this particular person, this particular situation, I don't particularly care for. And I want to exclude myself. Now, does that imply right away then I don't love the person or love the situation? I don't know. For myself, I think I start. I started off with thinking, "Yeah, I." In fact, I think I do. I love everyone, and, and I, it seems real, real big and and uh, and perfect. But then it doesn't take long for my brain to to think of, uh, I don't know, <laughs> scenarios right in front of my face. You know, terrorists, you know, ISIS attacks. If something happened to uh, my wife or son or someone I loved, and I, that person who did that thing. I'm pretty sure I I wouldn't love that person, and I think, I, and I don't mean that right on the surface. I you know I I have a feeling there's this story that says, uh, well you can still you know uh, love the sinner hate the sin. I think is the is the quote I've heard somebody say, and uh, and then even though they did something, I love them, but they still have to pay for what a, whatever it was that they did, and and we'll treat that as a separate issue. But I think if I if I really am being honest with myself, there are there are people and and things in this world that I I won't love. So you're saying, Mike, it's not possible to, or you're making a choice not to? Because that to me, there's a, a huge difference. There is a, if I see it and I say I can't, I just cannot do this, is different than I choose not to do this. I guess for hands that I I I don't see a differentiating point. I think that that somewhere deep in me, I would uh, I would not be able to love someone who who did something really egregiously horrible to somebody that I loved. I wouldn't be able to. I I don't think I'd even have a choice in the matter. 
Yeah, you guys are, are, are guess, better better people than I am because, you know, I, I, I really struggled with, with the question in terms of this kind of unconditional love. And it, it struck me as one of these things where it's kind of like, uh, like a natural resource, if you will. Like we have this unlimited supply and capacity to love as human beings. But I think many people, and, and this might be a question for our listeners and how do they feel, uh, many people, if they got deep down inside, would say, no, I don't love everyone, or maybe I should love that person, or, you know, in the essence of what is this, like you said, Joe, what's the word love mean to you? I, th- I think everybody might have a different definition, but it's that highest, you know, power of, you know, it's not a like, it's not like, I, I kind of like that. It's like, no, I love, you know, unconditionally love this thing or this person, um, but we seem to reserve that. We We seem to to not throw it out there a lot, like, oh, yeah, I guess he's a good friend, but do I, do I love Mike and Joe? Well, sir, certainly, I love you guys, but, you know, do I throw that out there to everybody? And even in the workplace setting, it's an even more dangerous word, if you will, that, you know, people really are careful to say, well, I, I, love, I love that person, or if it is, it's almost like said in, in a jest kind of, well, I was just kind of kidding, you know, like, certainly I don't love that person. Um, mm. But but it does seem unusual to me that we kind of taper that off. That we're we're concerned about how much love do we throw out there when it doesn't cost us anything, right? Other than maybe you can get hurt. That was another reason why I was thinking about it. Is you know, uh, you know, having four kids and having three of them that are kind of in the dating mode, um, hearts get broken a lot of times. And and I can remember back, and you guys probably can too. You know that that first love. You know, oh, it's great, but. Did you stay in love? Maybe not. That's probably, chances are that 99% of the people out there, if they are married, aren't married to the person that they first said, I'm in love with you. So where did that love go? Did it dissipate? Did it? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. But as you're saying this, Bob, I'm thinking, so I, I need a clear definition of love. Because as you describe that, that's the love, that's the other love. That's the one that you know, physical attraction, whatever it is, grows into something bigger than that. But the love, I thought initially when you said it, the one I thought of was the one where if if I look at, well, let me look at love and look at the opposite. You know, people say, well, the opposite of love is hate. It's not. I mean, love and hate kind of sit in the same place, and you really can't hate somebody that you don't care about. But apathy that is really the opposite, for me, the opposite of love. So then to Mike's point, you know, he said, well, if I had examples like this, it would, you know, I couldn't love that person. Well, I always like for myself to take a real live example and say, well, how do I deal with this? Because, you know, hypothetically, what would happen if, you know, I have no idea a lot of those things. But you mentioned your kids. I mean, unconditional love. I, I think I think I experienced that in my life. I know I experienced it in the sense that um, there's things they could do and they could kind of irritate me. Some of my friends could really irritate me. But I think the underlying current of love would exist unconditionally, regardless of what they did to me. And I... I would look at it from the perspective of who are they, you know, that, that re- relationship thing that says, you know, I'll be empathic towards them, I'll understand their life. If I could put myself in their shoes, if I could be them, I would see the world the way they do, I'd act the way they do, and so on. And to me, that breaks that barrier of, of love to the point where I say, yeah, we don't use the word, I don't want to use the word in a casual way at work and stuff, but if I really get down to it, Am I apathetic towards that person? Do I not care at all about them? That would be the to me the defining moment where I would say, so that I don't really care what happens to that person. I don't care if they live or die. And I, I think I think I don't feel as strongly about certain people in that sense, 
but I'd like to. You know, I, I've sa- often said this to people. I wish I had more more feeling towards people out there that I don't know that are in trouble or that are, you know, suffering today, the refugees and stuff in the world. What would it look like to say I love those people? And I think, I think it's hard because to say that, like you would say to a, a, a former girlfriend or something like that, is a different type of love, a different kind of relationship. But I, I, I do internally feel like I wish they had a better life. I wish there was something more, the compassion towards them. And I think that's the component that I'm looking at is, you know, my way to answer the question, can we do it? I think we can. I think we probably choose not to. And I'd say for myself, I, I can't think of a live example right now that where I've said I, I'm apathetic towards that person. I really don't care whether they live or die. Even the worst person, I can't think of a, a case where I would say, no, I don't care. You know, mm-hmm. their life is there and who cares? You know, I, 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 sorry to be playing the same old tune, but it's just, it's so, it's easier for me to hold up an example of, uh, at the extreme, right? I was watching, uh, the interview, uh, Vice News did, interviewed the band Eagles of Death Metal, the, the band that was playing in Paris at the Bataclan that was attacked by, by those, uh, dudes a couple of weeks ago. And, and to see this very real raw, I mean, these guys are, are, they're exactly what you would imagine they would be, you know, just completely stripped raw. You know, they're just, just shaking their head. They, they, don't, they don't know what they would say to the parents of, of the kids that were there. They, they're super grateful for the people around them. And, and, I, and watching it, I couldn't help but feel this immediate reaction of, of not apathy to the people that did that uh, to the, you know, at that concert. And uh, guys, I, you know, I walk to the metro every day. You know, I take the metro at, at the Coliseum, and and when I go into the Coliseum, you know, there's a dude standing there, multiple dudes with very large machine guns. And this is a new this is a new phenomenon. There is always there are always security guys there, and you know, life has changed, especially you know over here in in in, in Rome. You know, the presence of security is, has changed, and I'm not apathetic to those dudes. I, I keep my headphone volume a little bit low, to be honest with you, just so I know what's going on around me if I can. And and I don't love those dudes. I don't love them. Yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at, Mike, too. His, Joe, it's it's funny in your initial response and, and some of the uh, things you laid out there is I know that you've shared with us kind of a philosophy before in terms of you know that everyone's doing the best that they can. And I, I agree with that now, but I remember when you first told me that I, I struggled with it a lot because I was like, well, wait, you know, this person that's maybe, maybe it's somebody in a work setting or a social setting that it's like, no, they're not trying hard enough. They're not doing the best that they can. Um, but that mind shift of no, given everything that they have and all the tools and the capacity and all these other variables, they are doing the best they can. And I thought of that correlating that back to we can love everyone, that everyone has the capacity to love everyone, even the person that, you know, like you said, uh, the person that you hate, because at some point you must have had some type of relationship or connection to that person in order to hate them, or you'd be, like you said, apathetic towards them. Um, but I still struggle with that, you know, can I love everyone? Um, and, and sometimes maybe it's loving that person enough to let them go. Um, that's another thing to think about that you know, love doesn't mean I have to be with you all the time. Um, it's, it's, yeah, I'm struggling. <laughs> and yeah, I need yeah. help. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that topic, the whole topic of, you know, doing the best you can is, is 
obviously very controversial, especially when you first hear it. I remember the first time I was thinking about it, and it, it, it didn't didn't feel good to me. I felt like you should do better. You should, And it was always like you should be more like me. You should do things the way I would do them. You should do them better, that kind of thing. But the, the thing that hit home for me is when I realized that given my perspective, the way I see the world, that, that's my judgment on how things should be. But there are times when, you know, like I, I overslept and I just, I couldn't get out of bed or something like that. And someone would say to me, well, why didn't you, why didn't you do that? And I said, well, I, I overslept. I was tired, whatever. And they're, they're saying, well, you should have gotten to bed earlier. And I, well, I didn't. Well, you should have known this. Oh, I didn't. You know, the list of things is like, it all is what I didn't know. I didn't do that. But I did the best I could, which is I overslept. Now that ring, that one hits people and they say now, and, and you lose people that way. I mean, I, I suspect there are some people listening to us right now that are saying, this guy's so full of it. I mean, do the best you can. Those, those, those thieves, those killers, those robbers, they're doing the best they can. And the simple answer that I would give is, yes, they are. Like you said, Bob, given their background, given the way they were raised. given Now, now the, the key to this whole thing, though, is that may not be acceptable. You know, they did the best they could, and we're going to track them down, and we're going to find them, we're going to execute them, that kind of thing. You know, it's not, it's not a pass card where you say, oh, they did the best they could, and you let it go. They did the best they could, and they failed in our current organization, democracy, whatever, uh, and they're going to pay for it. There's, a, there's something to be said about paying for that. So can you, in that case, recognize that person and then through that go deeper and see, like you said, the, the, you don't have apathy. You have tremendous anger towards that person, whatever. There must be something there that you could grab a hold of at some level that when you come to realize that they did the best they could and now you, all that other stuff disappears and you can clearly see the path. You can see that, you know, that concern for the other person. And I, I just recently uh, saw the movie, I think it's Love and Mercy, the story about Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys. And, you know, as a, as a teenager, you know, when those guys were playing and stuff, I, I loved the music. I loved the idea of the, the surf sound, everything else. But I didn't know anything about the background. I mean, it was fun. It was a bunch of guys singing, you know, singing crazy songs, girls, beach, surfing. What could be better? But when I saw that movie, I, I felt really, really sad for Brian Wilson and for the whole situation with the family. His dad used to smack the side of his head when he didn't do something right. He lost 96% of his hearing in one ear. Yeah, I didn't know any of that. And then yeah, I know the story about him getting on drugs and, you know, being who he is today. He's kind of lost a lot of what he had, you know, as a composer and stuff. But the guy was brilliant. And when I think about that story and I think about his dad, and you think about what he went through and all that, I mean, how can you not? kind of cut through that and just feel a sadness, tremendous sadness about that. And then have that feeling of warmth and what I'll describe then is that love come through for those people, those players. Each one doing the best they could. Each one, you know, absolutely, in my opinion, doing everything they could with given what they had, you know, at the time. Yeah, I think the um you hit on something there for me that resonated with me is is knowing everybody's story. So with the Brian Wilson story, it's like the more you know about him the more you can, let's say, appreciate or use the word love him. Um, but maybe that's true of other people as well that are in our lives. It's like we have people that maybe we never think about the capacity to love them or maybe more indifferent towards them. And I think of like maybe people that you work with that, you know, you kind of prejudge people or say, well, they're this way or this guy always comes to work and he's kind of stiff and he wears a suit and I really don't like him. Um, but maybe that's because you don't know their story. And the more you know about their story the more the capacity to use that word love comes into play. I, I think so, Bob. And one of the things I do, and it's worked really well for me over the last few years, is imagine the person is a child. Imagine that all that superficial stuff, like you just mentioned, the suit, the anger, the, the way they come across, the, the, you know, the, 
the egotism that they have, you know, all that kind of stuff. Imagine all that disappears and you got this little kid sitting there as he was one at one time or she was at one time. And picture how you might think about that situation. I mean, think about how you, you see a little baby and, you know, in a stroller. And I, I would venture that each one of you, myself included, would say, oh, how cute. Don't you just love little babies? And of course, everybody kind of falls towards that. But the minute you put this stuff around it, and you create this this image of who you are, and in some ways, a, somewhat of a false image, you're in trouble. At that moment, you're I think you're gonna you're gonna pay the price for it. And that's where Mike getting back to those guys with the guns and everything else. I I shudder too. It's like I I kind of shake. My daughter said to me the other day, "Can you imagine being one of those guys? I mean, being a target like that all the time. Your whole life, every day, is spent thinking you might get shot. I mean, I can't even imagine that. I can't I can't imagine what that would be like." So empathy towards those people, compassion, love kind of pops out. You know, you, you kind of think, wow, I don't want to be that guy, but he's, he's doing the best he can and he's you know, in his role and, you know, how can you not love him? Maybe for me, uh, I, need, uh, I need this question to be on a spectrum or else I can't, I can't answer it. My answer is no, no, I can't. I don't love everybody. I, I clearly have said that already. But maybe that's like there's a cliff, right? And... And the cliff extends from the people I love the most, right? My, my closest family and, and friends. And it kind of works outward from there to where I find people that bother me at work, jerks at the store, the idiot driver behind me, right? The dude at work who drives me out of my mind and, and I just avoid him, wh- whatever that is, right? And it kind of keeps on going out. And I can expand that even more to people I don't even know right? There's a million people I pass every day. I don't even know them. Do I love them? Right? I don't know. And then maybe I get to the cliff's edge and it falls off. And at the bottom of that cliff are, are, for lack of a better word, I don't know, criminals, right? Like this horrible, this evil element. Something I would, in my frame of reference, in my cultural point of view, my upbringing, I would say that that shit is evil, you know, and I don't love you. But if I back up from that, I think I have a much higher propensity to, to love, the, the jerk at the school store, the dude at work that bothers me, all those dudes, I think I have an ability to love them or to say, to accept that they're, they're doing the best that they can, you know, and I, I, can, I can build that model uh, much more easily around that subset of people. And the apathy idea, Joe, it's funny, I, you, you've told me that definition before and I, and I, and I bought it. And it's only within the past two months or so that I, I'm... I don't want to say I'm rejecting that, but I think I'm, I hate to say it, it's a bummer, but I, I'm starting to reject it, where I'm saying that the opposite of, 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 of love isn't uh, apathy, but no, I'm going to steer it back. It's, it's, there's some, for me, that, that it, is, it is hate, right? But that's something I can work on. I, I, I remember there's a cool... Um, meditation exercise in one of the books by Pima Children. Is it Pima or Pema? I've only read the name, you know. Mm-hmm. We'll put it in the show notes if anyone wants, wants to check it out. But she, it's in one of her lessons about developing compassion. She has this really cool meditation technique, you know. Don't know if how many listeners are tuning out because I'm using the, <laughs> the word meditation or not, but it's a cool technique. It, it, you sort of have this compassion thought in stages and you, you begin with, if I remember it correctly, I might get it wrong. You begin with yourself and then you be, and then you move to uh, the people closest to you, like my wife and son, you know, may they have compassion, maybe, you know, and then you move out to, 
to another, con- it's like concentric circles. You move out to the next circle, which is uh, maybe my parents, right? Somebody I still love. And then I move to you guys. And then I move out to my good buddies at work. And then I move out to uh, uh, the next concentric circle, which, which goes out to something like um, people I don't know. You know, just the person I passed on the street. Maybe, maybe that person, you know, have compassion. And then, and then the concentric circle goes out to somebody in your mind that you don't like, that you hate, right? An enemy. You know, may, may I feel compassion to them? May they have a compassionate life? May they, something, something good, a good vibe about them. And then the, the, the stage is like this big, huge compassion blast, where a nuclear bomb, where you just throw compassion out to the entire world, right? But that's only halfway of, of the exercise. The exercise then, you work your way back in. So you've gotten out there, probably took you a, a good few minutes, you know, meditating this out, and back to the person you, that you is your enemy, the people that you don't know, your friends at work, your closest friends, you guys, my wife and son, and then it ends at me. When the idea is developing compassion in yourself so that you can develop compassion in others, it's pretty potent. It's pretty powerful. Maybe, I, maybe I'm at a point in my life just hearing myself talk where I, I, need, to re, I need to start doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got, me, you, you got me thinking, and I got a question I got to ask you now because it's like one of those that, you know, I don't know if it's kind of a, an unanswerable question or whatever, but so you're in the car. And that, that, that person behind you totally pisses you off. I mean, just totally. And this is one you, you right, instantly don't like, right? And instantly hate, maybe. I don't know what the right word would be, right? You've been there. You, you know that feeling, right? And then you sure. look up in your mirror and you recognize your spouse sitting right behind you. Does, does yeah. that change? And why does that change? You know, where, where did the love come and go? I think that's maybe a, an embarrassment that, you know, whoa, what did I just do? Because I, I, I know that happens a lot in our office in the parking garage that somebody gets angry and flips somebody off and they're like, whoa, that's my boss. Like, wait, <laughs> yeah, right. that was a joke. I'm sorry, Mike. I didn't mean that. But uh, right. yeah, you're right. I, one of the things as we're talking here, I, I'm really enjoying the conversation, listening to both of you, and I'm hoping our, our listeners do as well, because it's there's just so many things we can talk about in terms of that powerful word called love. But I wonder if maybe it's totally different because we're using our minds to answer this question. And I think the minds seek a logical answer. And even what you're trying to say, Joe, is like, what's the logic behind this? Let's put our mind to this. And, and maybe the answer really lies in the heart. And even when we think about the heart as an organ and, and the metaphorical love that comes with the heart, that's still our mind doing that. But like I kind of like where Mike was going with the meditation, because if you strip all that stuff away from you, you know, and, and get out of your mind, I, I think what's left is some type of love orb or something weird. I don't know what it is, but I, I think love is super powerful. And even when terrible things are happening in the world, I think it's the unity of that love that can unite us and bring us together uh, and having that compassion. But I, I do agree with Mike. I, I don't know that me as a person that I'm big enough to open up that love to everyone and specifically bring people that, you know, bring, you know, terror to others. You know, I, I, I can't do that. I'm, I'm not a big enough person to do that. And, and maybe there's nobody big enough to do that. We're kind of at the, uh, the, the end point of our uh, podcast. I'll, I'll, I'll turn to you guys for any, you know, last, last comments. I, I'll go first. I, I, you know, I'm, I, I do hope that uh, some of our listeners give us some ideas because, you know, 
as as we have written up on our WordPress blog, you know, we we only have some thoughts on here, and but if we could, if listeners could help us with their own ideas and whatever they think, <coughs> the whole idea, they could help us all get closer to a real answer. That would be really cool. I it's a good question, Bob. You know. Uh, <laughs> At one point during while, during a conversation, I started to actually get bummed. I was like, "Ah, oh, jeez, I I didn't realize how many people I don't love." Yeah, <laughs> like, "Ah, oh, jeez, I got a I have, I have an issue here. I got to work through." It's a good question. That's yeah, a, it is a good it is a good question. <clears throat> and for me, it's very it, it's very confusing as we we're talking about. It. I realized what I need is a better sense of what what that is we're talking about. That love that we're talking about. I think Bob, you made a good point that. You probably can never figure this one out from a, a mental standpoint. There's something much bigger than that going on. Um, so I'm going to just leave it at that and kind of try to reflect on it in a different way. Just feel it, you know, process it, whatever that way, as opposed to think through it. Yeah. I'm not sure this is one you can think through. <laughs> I hate to jump back in because you already asked for final thoughts and I already <laughs> gave mine. But but gosh, Bob, you you I think you did stumble on something there that that love is not about you know, the front part of our brain re- working real hard and crunching an answer out. It has to do with, you know, the stuff that happens somewhere else. And, and maybe, maybe that's exactly it. Maybe for me, the takeaway is, is to spend some more time with it, not in my head. Mm-hmm. Great closing comments, guys. And, you know, now we'll kind of turn things over to the listeners and let them have at it. Um, I mean, think about how many songs there are written about love, you know, um, I always go back to the, I think it's the Beatles, you know, love is all that we need. Um, you know, it's inspiring, you know. Um, so we'd love to know what our listeners think. You can check us out at obviousquestion.wordpress.com and leave your thoughts. Um, you know, if you like the podcast, share it with others, give us a review. Um, what's your definition of love? And, you know, maybe the question is, you know, when you're thinking about can you love everyone, maybe you can't, but how can you bring greater love to the situation you're in. So again, check us out at theobviousquestion.wordpress.com. Love to hear your thoughts. Thank you.